You know, Janet was talking, that's what she's praying over here. We're going to talk about the heart. You know, this song we sing, my heart is yours, O God. You know, in, in Psalms, it says God heals the brokenhearted. Yes. It says he heals, he heals the, uh, what's it saying about Israel? What is it? Uh, there's a scripture about Israel. And he heals and he binds all their wounds, heals all their wounds. Binds up all their wounds. Well, that's Luke 4.18. He heals a broken heart and binds up their wounds. But there's a thing about it. The way he heals the broken heart it is he gives you a new heart. Yes. The old heart is deceitful, Jeremiah 17.9, and corruptible. Who can know it? But he says, I will give you a new heart. That's the way he heals that broken heart. And the only way for that broken heart to be healed is to exchange it for a new one. Amen? And we've tried with religion for years to heal the brokenhearted. It does not work. There's only one answer, and that's an exchanged heart. And we're going to talk about that heart. But when he says, my heart is yours, that's the truth. God said in Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll take away the stony heart, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my Holy Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. Now, that's the deal. But the verse before that says, I'm going to sprinkle clean water upon you, baptism, and you'll be clean from all your iniquities. And I wash you. Remember in Acts, he says, now, Paul, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins and call upon the Lord. So baptism is a crucial part of your salvation. So it's imperative that you know that you have a good, solid, biblical baptism in your life. Buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in what? The newness of life. I want to talk about the heart for just a little bit. I've been working on this for a while because I don't know about you, but I heard one writer say the heart is the spirit. Well, I've struggled with is it the spirit or is it the soul? Well, I got some, I dug this all out. And so I'm just going to share my diggings with you, okay? All right, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 8. And God said to this, this is a result of a, what he said in Jeremiah 24, 7. He says, I'll, put my, uh, I'll give you a heart to know me. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 says, For this is the covenant that said, For if the first covenant had been faultless, then there should be no place found for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold the days come. Behold the days, we sang it well ago, says the Lord, When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of David after those days. We're in those after those days. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded him not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and I will write them into their hearts. Some versions say on, but it's really into their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, saying, know the, and brother, know the Lord. For they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more in that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first one old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. A new one. I'll give you a new one. He's given us a new heart, a new spirit. And he says, I'll write my laws 
in your heart, in your mind. So we see your mind and your heart are tied together. Here's the difference between the new covenant and the old. The old covenant, the law was placed outside of men, having been written on tables of stone. In the new covenant, it's put in their minds, written in their minds, and written in their hearts. What is outside written on the stones is the letter. We are ministers of the new covenant, not of the old, but of the new. Amen. Amen. The new covenant is a law that is put into our hearts and minds. It is the word of life. It is the spirit of life. It is the, the, the law of the liberty of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. That's the new covenant. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and of death. As soon as we receive God's life, we have the law of life living within us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come living in us, and we're in union with him. When Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, that word life there is Zoe life. That word Zoe life, if you look it up, it's living soul. It's living soul life. What did God do? He breathed in Adam and Eve the breath of life, and they became a living soul. Okay, that's Zoe life is a living soul. It's the very life of God that he breathed into them. And that's the kind of life we have in the exchange life with the Lord. Because he said in the scriptures, the souls, all the souls are mine. Father, son, all souls are mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It did die with Adam. That soul died along with the rest of him. And so we see that's the father. As soon as we receive his life, we have that life in us. The Holy Spirit who comes brings that spirit of life within us. The word of law, he says, I put my law in your heart. It's singular. What is it? It's the word of life. It's the word of go into all. It said to the angel, said to Paul, go into all the temple and preach the words of this life. What is it? The words of this life. That's what we need is the word of life in our lives because that is the new covenant. This new law operates in us as we learn to just walk in the Spirit. The heart, this is the thing. We're not talking today about a blood pump, okay? We're not talking about that thing that pumps blood. We're talking about that mystical thing in us. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that we are spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Spirit, soul, and body. But I always wonder, where's the heart fit into this thing? What part, where is the heart? Well, I'm just going to tell you right up front, and we're going to talk about it. I believe the heart is the real you. You are my heart. See, within your heart is the soul, mind, will, and emotion. You are a new heart. God, you are our heart. That was was what the song, you are our heart, oh God. Okay, I had to get it established for me where that heart was at. And you are the heart. And that's when God said, I'll give you a new heart, and then I'll put my spirit. All right, let's go on. The heart has many functions. One, it's conscious. The conscience is tied to the heart. Having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, a new one, an exchange one. Why? Because God said the old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 1 John 3.20 says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart. He says, uh, condemnation is a function of the conscience. Showing then that the conscience is within the realm of the heart. See, we have the old heart. We have the new heart. God's given us a new. Too many Christians have new spirits and walking in old hearts. 
That's the problem in old souls. We need to exchange all three. We need a new heart, a new soul. The mind is linked to the heart. Jesus said many times, I want you to see this. He says, the mind. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why think you evil in your heart? He didn't say evil in your mind. What did he say? Evil in your hearts. Now, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mind, your brain is a brain. There's an old mind and there's a new mind. So we see here, and he said in Mark 2, 6 through 8, why reason these things in your heart? He didn't say in your mind. He said, are you reasoning these things in your heart? So we see how vital the heart is. Uh, Luke twenty four thirty eight, and he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? Where was it? In your heart. See, that's the real you. Your heart is the real you. That's where you live and move and have your being. That's what motivates you all day long. And you can live in an old one that's filled with all that other stuff, or you can have the exchanged heart and walk in the new heart. Matthew thirteen fifteen, he says, and he said, I speak to them in parables so that they won't understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. In Luke two nineteen, he says, when, when uh, talking about Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Didn't say her head. She pondered all these things that the prophet spoke to her better son. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the mind. Heart. See, we're talking heart today, not your mind. See, thy word have I hid in my mind that I might not sin against you. No. I put it in my heart. And I've told you all time and time again, you can, remember, you can memorize the word of God in your mind, but you'll lose it eventually. But if you meditate on it and put it in your heart, you'll never lose it. And God said, I'm going to put my word in, in your heart. I'm going to give you a heart to know me. And I'm going to put my word in your heart. I'm going to write it in your heart. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. That's the whole purpose of this heart. The heart is the real you. It's the heart of the soul, the mind, will, and emotion. Three, the will is also tied to the heart. Acts eleven twenty three. it says, with purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. That's the will. He said, with purpose of heart, cleave to the Lord. Romans six seventeen. you have obeyed from the heart. That doctrine preached to you. You've obeyed. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, every man according as he purposed in his heart where not his head in your heart so you got to see how important that heart is the heart is the real you that's why god said i'm gonna give you a new one say i got a new one one. amen that's important that you know where the heart is that's where your mind will and emotion the soul lots emotion is also joined to the heart you remember when jacob fainted For he didn't believe them. He fainted within him. His emotions were stirred when they told him his son was dead. You know, in Romans 10, 10, it says, With the heart man believeth into righteousness. Where? In the heart. See, the old heart, God sets eternity in the heart of every man, Ecclesiastes 3.11. The old heart can do nothing but respond and believe for a new one. It's called exchange. To get a new one with the heart. Man believes, and with the mouth confession is made, and the salvation. Luke twenty four thirty two, when they was walking along the road to Mass, they said, "Did not our hearts burn within us 
while he talked to us by the way when he opened to us the scriptures. Their head wasn't burning. It was their heart. I don't know who it is, but I know out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost that they that believe in him should receive. He didn't say anywhere else. It comes out of your heart. That's where it flows. John 14, 27, Jesus said to them when he was leaving, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. All these passages confirm that emotion is joined to the heart. For this I would say, the real you is your heart, for your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. The law of liberty has many aspects of grace and truth operating in our lives. Psalms 4.4 says, commune with your own heart upon your bed. Be still. Selah. Commune with your what? Your heart. It's the real you. Proverbs 4.20 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the very issues of life, the life springs of life. Hebrews 3.12 says, brethren, take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. See, we got a problem. When God said he's going to take away the stony heart in, in Ezekiel 36, it means I'm going to set it aside. Yes. I'm going to render it inactive. Unemployed. That's right. I'm going to give you a new heart. Oh. Too much of the time, we go over there and hire it back That's right. for a little while. <laughs> we, we may pay it for a day or two. Is anybody out there but me? Well, that's right. I wish he'd have permanently took it as far as the east is from the west, but he didn't. He set it aside and gives us a new one. Amen? Amen. You have a choice which heart you're going to live in. The old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You remember when God said in Genesis chapter five, uh, 6 or so, he says when he, when he saw the hearts of men, the thoughts of men were on evil continually, and it, the thoughts of men's hearts were on evil continually. Did you catch that? The thoughts of men's heart were on evil continually, and it grieved God in his heart. That he made man. See the thing about it. Most of us think God is a spirit. Because the scripture said he's a spirit. And also God is love. Alright. God is love. God is a spirit. But God made us in his image. Spirit, soul, and body. God has a heart. God is a spirit. But it also says in one verse. That it grieved God in his soul. God has a spirit. God has a soul, and he has a body. Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, no man can see my face and live, but I'm going to set you in the cliff of the rock, and I'm going to walk by you, and I'm going to put my hand over you, so when I walk by, you'll see my back part. God is spirit. God is soul. God is body. God has a heart. We are made in his image and his likeness. Amen. He has all the same things we have. He's not just a big spirit sitting there somewhere. And we're not just a big spirit. I know we've been trained that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body. I don't care about all that. That's okay. You remember when Jesus died on the cross? He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Why? Because it's the Father's. Now, what happened to his soul? 
his soul was not left in hell. That was the part he took of ours to redeem us in the garden. So we could have a new soul and a new heart, new mind, new will, new emotions. So the only answer to brokenheartedness is to get a new one. Exchange that old thing. Remember not the former things. Neither consider. When you start considering things, that's when you usually fall into depression and brokenheartedness. Don't consider. Quit considering. You have a new heart and a new spirit. And he takes away that old stony heart. See, that's why we say this all the time. That's why the great exchange is so important. God doesn't change the old spirit, soul, and body. Or the old heart. He gives us a new one. You can't live in the old ones. It'll always lead you to sin and death. That's why Ezekiel 36 is so important. 25 and 26. Then will I sprinkle sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean from all your filthiness. And from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. And I'll take away, I'll set aside that stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my ways. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. And that's Hebrews 8. Ezekiel eighteen thirty one. Catch this. Cast away from you all your transgressions where you have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, saith the Lord. Make a new, cast away your old one. Make a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die? I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord. Wherefore, turn you and live. Jeremiah 24, 5 through 7. I will give you a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and you shall be my people, and I'll be your God, and you'll return unto me with your whole heart. Catch it. The heart is the real you. That's why David cried out in Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That word clean means a new heart, a fresh heart. Create in me a fresh heart. You remember even Saul, as bad as Saul was, when Samuel anointed David with oil, says when Saul turned to walk away, God gave him another heart. But he didn't walk in that new heart. What did he do? He went back to that old, jealous, rejected heart. See, you can be free from that old one, but you have to choose to walk in the new one. If you be risen with Christ, set your mind, your heart on things above, not on things of the earth, for you're dead, and your life is hid in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then you also will appear with him glory. Woo, so mortify that old thing. Put it to death. So we see it's possible to have a new and go back, to go back to living in that old thing. That's why it's so important. The exchange is so vital. Religion always is directed towards that old spirit, soul, and body, always trying to change that which cannot be changed because the carnal mind is not subject to God, neither indeed can it be. That's why he has to give us a new one. Give me an amen out there. Okay. When, you know, when we talked about when God breathed the breath of life in Adam and Eve and man became, 
His identity was what? A living soul. Adam and Eve were living souls. That was their identity. <clears throat> and that's why we talked about that. You know, in Ezekiel, uh, I mean, uh, okay, Exodus 23, 9, he says, Also, you shall not oppress any stranger, for you know the heart of strangers, seeing you were a stranger in the land of Egypt. That word heart in the Hebrew is soul. Nephesh. It's, it's nephesh. It's heart. Proverbs 23, 7, you remember some of this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That word heart there is soul. It's also soul. So you can't separate the heart from the soul. You see why I'm making this point? You really cannot separate the heart from the soul. Okay. <clears throat> Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-five: He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. A proud heart is a proud soul. That's the same word, nephes. nephes. Hosea 4, 8. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart, soul, on their iniquities. Thoughts are part of the soul. That's the heart. You can't separate the heart from the soul. Are you with me? I just wanted y'all to get it straight because I've been working on this for years trying to get it straight. Because <laughs> you talk about spirit, soul, and body, but where's the heart? He's going to give you a new heart. What is that thing? Does it just bounce around? And like I said, I found a couple of writers said, oh, that's your spirit. Well, that's okay. I mean, I, I believe we are spirit, but we're also soul and we're also body, but we have a new heart. Yes. And I believe that's, where, that's what we live in every day. That, that word Zoe means living soul. A living soul. I make you a living soul. Okay. Isaiah 65, 17 says, Behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come into your mind. That's heart. That word mind there is heart. It will not come into your heart. Proverbs ten thirteen. In the lips of him that hath understanding, that word understanding there is discernment. Wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of them that is void of understanding. The word understanding here is heart. Of those that are void of heart. Proverbs 10.21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for what, for what lack of wisdom, for want of wisdom, a want of heart, a want of heart. You know what the word courage comes from that word heart in Latin? Take heart. What does that say? Take courage. Courage from, comes from that word heart in Latin. Be courageous. Be very, take heart. So you've heard that saying all your life. Take heart. That means be courageous and be very courageous. Take heart. But isn't it a lot better if you take up his heart? Isn't it a lot easier to find courage if you're getting courageous in his heart? Mm. Proverbs fifteen twenty one folly folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom of a heart, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Proverbs nineteen eight He that getteth wisdom, that word is heart, loves his own soul. He that gets heart loves his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. 
You know, 1 Peter 1.9 says something, and we'll have communion. Receiving the end of your faith. What is the end of your faith? The salvation of your soul. The end of your faith is saving your soul. You remember so many times we talked about this earlier when we talked about exchange. He that saveth his life will lose it. That word is soul. Religion has for years tried to save your old soul. We've tried to save our old souls by being good and doing, doing, doing. And Jesus said, if you do that, you'll lose your own soul. But if you'll lose it, reckon it to be dead, bury the rascal, you'll find it. In Luke chapter 17, it says what? Remember Lot's wife. He that saveth his life will lose it, destroy it. But he that loses his soul will preserve it. Guess what the little word preserve means? Born again. New life. If you'll just lose the old, you'll find a new one. That's why he said two shall be in one bed. Two men shall be in one bed. One shall be taken, the other left. That's not in the Greek. Men's not in the Greek. Because he's not talking about men or women. He's talking about souls. Two souls is going to be in one bed. I wish we didn't have to have two souls. How many of you would like not to have two souls? One over here and one over here. The only problem is one's going to be left and one's going to be taken. Oh, thank you. That's why Paul said, man, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? Thanks be to God. We're going to have to put up with it as long as we're here. But one of these two women shall be what? No, women's not there. He's talking about souls. And they said, where's, that, where's it going to be, Lord? He said, oh, it doesn't matter. Wherever that old body is, that old soul's going to be there. Don't worry about it. Let the buzzards have it. That's right. See, and we're all going to be exchanged, these bodies, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. Because he's going to give us a body according to his seed. Amen. And it's going to be likened to his glorious body. Yes. The disciples didn't recognize him. The men on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him. Why? Because he had a glorified body. And you are going to be complete, spirit, soul, and body. So you don't have to live in that old heart anymore. Amen? Amen. Now, some of you sitting here probably have got a new spirit. You're going to heaven when you die, but you're having a heck of a time getting there. You you know what? Why don't we just, I need you in a prayer right now to make sure your heart's exchanged. You know, I told you last week, our, our nephew, Caleb, he was having all kinds of problems. I know he's going to heaven when he dies, but all that was coming all these vile stuff out of him, saying things to his kids and wife shouldn't say. And the Lord told me to exchange his heart, so I went out and led him in an exchange for his heart. And she talked to her brother, and she said it all stopped. It all stopped. If God gave us, huh? That's right. So I'm telling you, this thing's real. But so let's let's exchange it. Let's just let's, um, say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm born again. I have a new spirit. You've saved me. But I ask you, Lord, to exchange this old heart. You said you'd give me a new heart, and I receive it. I take it, that new heart, 
I receive it. I have a new heart and a new spirit. And I thank you now for full salvation, spirit, soul, and body. And I have a new heart. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right, Eric, you're up. Okay, we don't struggle with it no more, do we, John?